Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. Good morning, Houston. How's everybody doing, folks? We had a last 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 show. We had a few technical issues, so we missed a whole lot of your calls, etc. But I want to tell you guys, especially one particular person I know. I hope you're listening early. Please call in early. Uh, let me just tell you one thing here. We have four subjects fully covered, videos, everything. But of course, if you call in and and change the subject, we will. But I want to let you know that it's a very full show unless you call in 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. I know there are some discussions that are overdue, some discussions that we need to finish as well. But in the house with us, the two greatest people in the world, we are talking about the one and only Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Bever. How are my peeps in the studio doing this morning? Uh, we're still looking for those great people. We don't know where they are. I'm listening to them right now. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack, let's let's hijack Egberto's show. <laughs> uh, not today. Oh, OK. Well, what are your thoughts of wisdom today? OK, um, we have to find a new inner motivation to drive humanity forward besides the profit motive. Profit is actually holding humanity back. The grandfather at some point has to turn the reins over to the younger generation. Yes, I love it. The the, The grandfather must turn it over to the next generation. And you know what? I have been trying to interview and talk to these these the younger generation and say where do you want us to where do you want to take the baton when will you take the baton and you know what over the last few days actually you saw a young lady out of uh out of uh, uh she's out of massachusetts but we were in chicago when we did that interview last night at around i guess eight fifteen or so i interviewed the director a young lady 34 years old uh who is anti-abortion but just listening to her and having the discussion that we had yesterday tells me that we'll be in good hands because unlike the, some of some others, we could actually have the conversation where minds not necessarily got changed, but got modified into saying we want to do what's best for our society. So, I mean, I'm seeing good folks on from all sides, the younger folks I'm talking about, uh, on all sides really trying to say, you know what? Remembering the Rodney King uh, notion there, can we all get along? 713-526-5738. Folks, remember, you can get this show on 90.1 FM, but you can also go to uh, the Android store or the Apple store. Don't download, tune in and find KPFT. Listen to us on your phone or go to kpft.org, kpft.org and listen from our website. Or if you want to see the show, see the videos as we're, as you're, instead of just listen to the videos, see them, see what we're talking about. Facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, Facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Today, I have my Trek shirt on. Remember in the days that I did all that cycling from Austin to Houston, from Houston to Austin, et cetera. Man, we used to do all 80, 90 miles a day. And the first day of the MS-150, 100 miles. Anyway, you can also watch us on YouTube at politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. Title of the show today, 
Moral Monday in North Carolina. These three progressive activists are making a big difference. So Dr. Rodney Sadler, I forgot to put the reverend in there. Reverend Dr. Rodney Sadler and Samantha Turner discusses the upcoming Moral Monday. These three progressive activists, Kamal Franklin, Analia Mejia, and Bruce Pollard, prove we can all engage politically. So what we'll do now is get started with the, uh, the, the Dr. Stadler and uh, Samantha Turner. So let me cue that up and we will get busy right this minute. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. Today, we are honored to have uh, Samantha Turner. She's a campaign manager for the Poor People's Campaign, among many other illustrious organizations she chairs or serves under. And the illustrious Reverend Dr. Rodney Sadler is an associate professor of Bible and, direct, and the director of the Center for Social Justice and Reconciliation at Union Presbyterian Seminary among his myriad of other things. Thank you so kindly, guys, for really for being out here on Politics Done Right to give us this information about this, this event that we have every year and throughout the year. So anyhow, welcome aboard, uh, Dr. Sadler. Tell us a little bit about exactly what this Moral Monday event is going to be about. Well, I'd love to tell you a little bit about it, but because Samantha is busy, I want to get her to to say as much as she can uh, while she's uh, while she's transitioning here. Uh, The Moral Monday event in Charlotte this upcoming Monday uh, is an opportunity to bring the Moral Monday message back home to the Charlotte community. Uh, And Sam, would you like to say something about it? Sure. So um, I can. I can tell you the history of it. Reverend Sadler actually can tell you the history of it better, but it started with the NAACP here in uh, in North Carolina when Reverend William Bishop Barber was uh, the president of the NAACP. He started the Moral Monday event to uh, protest legislation that was starting uh, and hurting people uh, uh, and taking away their health care. And he actually... Um, you know, the force that it became, Moral Mondays became on the legislature actually changed the vote and the health care uh, was not slashed. So um, Moral Monday has a long history. The last one in Charlotte was, and, and you can find that out at the poorpeoplescampaign.org. Please go there. There's some great information. There's a whole bunch on Moral Monday and the history and pictures. It's wonderful. Um, I just don't want to miss my exit. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it, it's going to be uh, wonderful. This This event, we're going to have uh, speakers from the clergy, from I think five or six different uh, denominations of um, Christianity, Judaism, um, Muslim faiths, and um, we will have theomusicology. We will have um, impacted speakers. I don't, I don't usually speak. <laughs> I'm not the speaker. So uh, we, we let, we give impacted speakers the microphone so we can hear from them how the policies in this country and in the state impact them. Um, and, and that's how we have to uh, push the legislature. 
So Moral Mondays are not, um, they are not partisan. They're never partisan, but they are highly political. Well, look, let me tell you, first of all, uh, first of all, um, uh, Samantha, we we like everybody to be able to get out there and speak, you know, I mean, especially those who are working it, working so hard in the background as as you are. So first of all, thank you very much. Let's go back to uh, uh, Dr. Sadler, Reverend Dr. Sadler. Um, Yes. The, the 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 moral Monday started yes with healthcare, but it really under the poor uh, people's campaign it really morphed into a hell of a lot more. And sorry for the wordiology slipped. Uh, uh, again, it, it it morphed into a whole lot more. And I think it is something that America needs to understand the reasoning behind why it had to morph. Good. So actually, the the Moral Monday movement began in 2013, uh, August 29th, when William Barber and 16 of his good friends walked into the General Assembly building of North Carolina and said that we will not take what's going on. We will not take uh, the legislation that's been poured out on the state from the American Legislative Exchange Council. Uh, At that point in time was the first time in more than 100 years that the General Assembly and governorship of the state of North Carolina had gone to the Republican Party. Uh, And this time, it wasn't just Republicans that were governing us. It was a group of extremists that were hell-bent on trying to uh, do things to turn back the tide, to remove the advances that had come about in the state of North Carolina in things like healthcare, and things like education, and things like voting rights. Uh, And in essence, they were trying to do a systematic turning back the clock to the 1940s, the 1950s, if if I can. They'd done things like they were trying to pass a a, uh, a uh, scheme to put vouchers in the hands of people of North Carolina and undermine the public education system. They were trying to make sure that the uh, Affordable Air Care Act that had just come through the Obama administration, that it failed in the state of North Carolina. They wanted to deny uh, the right of North Carolinians to have access to health care. And the easiest way for them to do that was to deny Medicaid expansion. They're trying to work against uh, the rights of workers uh, and trying to turn back the tide on the ability to unionize in the state of North Carolina. They were working, uh, working against uh, access to voting rights. And literally, uh, one of the most frustrating things was that uh, we had made such significant advances in the state of North Carolina, in part led by the work of the North Carolina NAACP, uh, that they had uh, were trying to turn back early voting. They were trying to uh, put in place voter ID laws. They were trying to gerrymander the state. In the aftermath, this is in the middle of our first Moral Monday campaign in 2013. In the aftermath, of the um, the decision that came out of the Supreme Court, Shelby versus uh, Holder, uh, they literally the day after in the state of North Carolina put in place a monster voter disenfranchisement act that would literally work with, as this fourth circuit uh, circuit court said, surgical precision against the rights of African-American voters. Uh, They put in place this monster voter disenfranchisement bill that really did try to turn back the tide. Uh, So Moral Monday became an effort to stand against this. It was an effort to say, we need to uh, push back 
back against our legislature, we need to make sure that we remind them that they have a constitutional responsibility to care for all of the rights of all of the citizens of the state. And they couldn't pick and choose and they could not take away the rights of those who are most vulnerable uh, and most at risk. So Moral Monday was originally an opportunity to make all of these issues come to the forefront. What I love about Dr. Barber is that he said, this is a fusion moral movement. So we're not just fighting for healthcare. We're not just fighting for voting rights. We're not just fighting for education. We're fighting for all of it because we don't just want a state where we've got good education and poor health care or good health care and poor voting rights or good voting rights and poor uh, abilities of people from outside of the nation to immigrate within to it. We need victories in all of these areas. And in order to be successful, we need to work together. We need to come together and we need to uh, we need to be a moral voice that bears witness together. So I think that's what the Moral Monday movement was at its inception and what it still continues to be in the state of North Carolina and around the country. And as I understand it now, Samantha, uh, this is uh, while this is coming back to Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Uh, Is it Charlotte? Yes. Coming back to Charlotte, North Carolina. This movement now is uh, is countrywide. What uh, how can they find out about Monday, what's going on and, and all the resources that they can get uh, to work with you in uh, on, on Monday. Right now, the event is listed on the North Carolina Poor People's Campaign page uh, website. Um, it is PPC. Uh, uh, PPC I'll find it and post it. Dash NC.org. PTC-NC.org. The event invitation is there. And otherwise, please go to the poorpeoplescampaign.org, sign up in your state. Um, any You will get emails from uh, circles or, or groups in your area, and they will reach out to you. Let me ask one other question. Is this going to be streamed as well for people who want to see it in real time? Yes, it will. It will be streamed on that page. On the, uh, Actually, uh, it's going to be streamed on our social media. So on Facebook and Twitter and I believe Instagram mm-hmm. for, from the North Carolina Poor People's Campaign. Yes. Now, let me say one thing that I've always concerned me in that I don't think this movement has gotten the amount of attention from our quote unquote mainstream media as some hate groups have gotten whenever they they do something you guys are actually doing something that is good throughout the country and not gotten uh gotten the the recognition you will not recognition that's what we're talking about gotten the coverage that you that that you deserve over the uh over on the mainstream media uh, are you doing anything to mitigate that other than well here you have Independent media here will definitely be covering it. But are we doing anything to sort of shame these guys into doing what's right? I think think a number of things are uh, were being done from the beginning, from the very beginning. uh, William Barber worked with people like Eric Preston uh, to have their own individual media uh, that was independent of all that was going on. Uh, They worked with a number of other people who were documentarians, 
who were recording uh, the uh, materials that were going on to make sure that we always had our own ability to witness. But I mean, you're right. Uh, literally from the first major Moral Monday events, we noticed that there weren't the kinds of media that should have been there to see the greatest movement in the South since the 1960s. Uh, there weren't the kinds of independent media that were uh, there in other places. Uh, we were always able to bring out some people. We had some groups that were constantly there. Uh, there were some people that were there from Latino groups. There were people that that were there from uh, from independent media groups and even some groups uh, some from Spectrum News that were uh, there from the beginning. But always there was the, a dearth of the kind of reporting that we'd like to see. Uh, in uh, January of uh, excuse me February of 2014, when we had the biggest movement in the state of North Carolina in the South since the 1960s with the HK on J, more than a hundred thousand people showed up. The media. Uh, was barely present, was barely evident. And those that were there reported something like 50 to 60,000 people and did not record the actual number of people that were there. Uh, so I think there's always been the sense that uh, the official media were trying to make sure that they downplayed what was actually going on. But the, the fact is that they could not do it. And because we had our own media sources, because we had our own people that were showing up and taking pictures and recording things, uh, they could not keep uh, a lid on what was going on. Even today, we need to make sure that we push this out there. That's why I'm so glad that Sam has gotten independent media sources, people that are coming out to make sure that the sounds of the people are being heard. Uh, we've got people uh, like Brian Kasher, who have been there from the very beginning to make sure that people could hear what was going on, could see it, could see it streamed live uh, on Facebook, could see it streamed live on other alternative media to make sure that the voices of the people would be heard. Well, I'll be picking that up as well, Reverend. Uh, I, I tell you what, this is all to control the narrative. You see, the narrative of a fusion movement is dangerous because yes, it, is. it is all people getting together. And when all people get together, uh, it, it, it makes the plutocracy concerned, if you will. Anyhow, let's go ahead and close this down. We'll make sure and get all this information out. Give me a closer, Samantha. Thank you so much for getting this out there. It is so important that we do get the do get media uh, to recognize what's happening. It is huge what is happening. We had an event uh, last June in Washington, D.C. We took over Pennsylvania Avenue. We closed it down. We shut it down. We had uh, over 200,000 people. It was an amazing, uh, an amazing uh, event. And there was two minutes of coverage on the local news. Somebody doesn't want people to see this. Yes, thank you, you for nailed getting it. Out. You thank nailed you. it, but yes. you nailed it, Samantha, but we're going to make sure people see it. Reverend? Yes, yes. we are. Yes, we are. Thank yeah. you. I want to say, please uh, take a look back at the, that event. Eric Preston and uh, Andrea Preston and Fusion Films did a fine job of making sure that everything's documented. There were more than 250,000 people, I think, you had at that event and last uh, in, in Washington last year. It was an amazing event. But this event, we hope, will be a great way of bringing it home. In essence, the reason we're doing a Moral Monday in Charlotte was because Dr. Barber, when we had our commemorative and uh, 
reminder of Moral Monday a couple of months ago uh, reminded us that we need to take these messages back home. So this is an opportunity to come to Charlotte, North Carolina and say uh, the work of Moral Monday is still not done. The need to bear moral witness against the uh, unjust legislation that's coming out of our General Assembly is not done. And we need to do this in Charlotte, North Carolina, in Wilmington, in Winston-Salem, in Asheville. We need to make sure that this message continues to resonate and that people continue to hear a moral voice. So that's what we're doing in Charlotte on the 24th of July. We're trying to make sure that we're amplifying this moral voice back home in Charlotte. And we hope that people will take this seriously wherever you are. Uh, so I was just at a Moral Monday in Tennessee a couple of months ago. I hope that uh, in Texas, in, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in Los Angeles, uh, California, that this moral message will continue to resonate and that people will continue to make sure that we hear uh, the need for moral legislation coming from our General Assemblies. And let's take this message back to Washington, D.C. The way the Poor People's Campaign has been doing, let's to make sure we amplify this moral message so that our legislators know that we cannot continue to rule in favor of the 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 uh, the the wealthy, the rich, the elites. Uh, we need to make sure that the people's voice is heard and that common people's voices and needs and interests are represented in our state capitals and in our capital in Washington, D.C. Could not be said any better. Reverend Dr. Rodney Sandler and Samantha Turner, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Good to be with you today, Berto. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, folks. Uh, the moral, so Moral Monday is uh, is this Monday coming up. And do remember, it is, go to the poorpeoplescampaign.org site and sign up if you want to go ahead and uh, get notified. But you'll have streaming. I'll try to uh, stream it on some of our, plat, our uh, e-platforms as well. Uh, folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738, extension 2. I have another fairly long video to play as well. So if you want to call in to, uh, to, to make a comment, I ask you to call in early so we don't run into the what we've been running into a lot. All the calls piling up at the end and not being able to, to speak to you guys appropriately. 713-526-5738. If I don't get a call in 30 seconds, I'll go to the next video. 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight extension number two to put you on air right away extension number two to put you on air right away seven one three five two six five seven three eight when Doctor uh, Sadler uh, Reverend Doctor Sadler talks about and uh, the media coverage I remember about three just before the pandemic or about a, a couple of years before the pandemic uh, I drove a, a bus. Not I drove the bus. We drove in a bus, several of us, including a couple of folks from KPFT. Uh, we drove to, um, to Washington, D.C. to culminate the march of uh, Dr. Barber, who was marching, I think it was from Selma, Alabama, straight up to Washington, D.C. And we culminated by bringing a whole lot of folks, uh, kids we brought, uh, uh, not kids, but university students, to uh, Washington, D.C. And we, had, we finished the march from Virginia into Washington, D.C. on foot. And I couldn't, I, when I saw the media coverage, I couldn't believe how terrible it was. Because there we were, marching with Senator uh, Sanders and Congressman Lewis and, and quite a few other Congress folks, 
we're marching for this particular, for, I think it was for the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act not being taken by some of the southern states and some other things that we were, we were actually marching about. There were over 100,000 of us going down. And in fact, eventually we got to Pennsylvania Avenue and the coverage was horrendous. Then you go ahead and you give it to, uh, you, you get about 20 or 30 Tea Partiers and they give you a close shot and make it seem like it's a real movement. Folks, we got to do better. Tag, come on in. Morning, Edberto. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Great, thank you. Yeah, I just was uh, listening to your um, last uh, interview. Uh, spot. Interview, yes. And um, the one thing that jumped out at me was the fact they're very concerned about uh, Alex. And yes. I don't hear enough about ALEC nowadays and what they're actually doing to our laws and our government. So I think that's a, that could be a whole show by itself, you know? Well, ALEC is doing what ALEC does best. They stay in the background. They write the, the laws and then they ship the same laws from Congress, from uh, state legislature to state legislature. What a lot of Americans don't understand is we concentrate and, you know, yours truly can sometimes have that issue. We concentrate almost entirely on the federal government, meaning the Congress, the Senate and the presidency and to some extent the Supreme Court not realizing how important the state legislator and state courts are. And what we get from the uh, Alex stands for American Legislative Exchange Council. That is a group of corporations that have gotten together and they write the laws. They give it to a congressional stooge or a legislative stooge, which is what I call those politicians on the take. And then they pass the laws. If you take a look at the laws that are passed in, let's say, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, You'll notice that they have the same wordiology on the same words being used. And the reason why it is this group of corporations that have gotten together. They write the laws, they give it to politicians, and then they execute the laws. That's why it is imperative that we all stay engaged. And uh, what we did in, in Chicago last week, watching all those different state organizations. And note what I said, state organizations that came together to fight much of this tag, and you say? The, the Alec was actually, just a little reading here, Alec was actually started by the Koch brothers, of all yeah. people. And it's a, it's a right-wing organization, if that tells you anything about it. But the thing is, is one of the things is, they say they're trying to give the American public more freedom. And the way they do that is by getting rid of federal laws. And, and so then each state has the ability to pass its own laws, which can vary uh, uh, greatly between state to state. And I, I think it's a problem because you don't know what you're going to run into when you go from one state to the next. And, and I think that's why I'm, I'm more about federal laws, which kind of unify all the states so that we know what we're getting into going from one state to another. Right. Well, oh. I, I tell you what, what Alec does, though, uh, Tech, is they try to uh, to create laws uh, that benefit uh, these business entities, corporate entities, and they try to make those laws homogeneous across states. That's why the letter of the law from Alec usually look the same. I mean, even on whatever they do, 
they try to make it that these corps can uh, can uh, can operate the same, but it doesn't apply to you and me. You are correct in the part that when it comes to social issues, they have to be careful with what laws they pass in what state. So it it is it, it is a it, it is a mess that only we the people with our vote, as Howard would say, get off your butt and vote. Only we the people with our vote can actually solve that problem. Tag. Anything else before I go to the next video tag? Yeah, I think it's just important that we know where the laws that we're following come from. And when we have ALEC passing laws, we've got to know that those are business, uh, uh, you know, more than for us. It's more for business. To get Absolutely. Business to I've gone to so, so many conferences. Where the, go. Yeah, thank you very much, Tag. I've, as Tag would say, I've gone to many conferences where the first thing that is asked whenever we talk policy is how will this affect business. I've never heard uh, the first sentence being, how will this affect our people? How will this affect humanity? I am waiting for going, that I go to any conference and hear that, those words first. How will it affect people? It looks like some calls are coming in, so I will delay going to that video. I want to remind you as those calls are taken, that uh, for all of the topics that I was going to cover today, you can always go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. And if you go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, you'll see all the topics attached to a link uh, to the different videos that we're going to play. I, I see the phones that are ringing, but I, 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 it seems like they're going to be taken care of now. So keep on uh, keeping on, my dear brothers and sisters. Uh, 713-526-5738 is how you yeah, reach us. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've got we've got Augie coming up here. So okay. we're going to send Augie go oh, through. He wants come to come on in, out to watermelon dance tomorrow. So I told him, yes, come on out. Absolutely. Let's talk about that after Augie to remind folks, uh, Howard. Augie, come on in. Hey, good morning, uh, Berto. How uh, you doing, sir? All right. Uh, we were talking about uh, the marches and not be media coverage. I took a part in a climate change march in New York City, and they were expecting, uh, I don't know, a couple, uh, hundred thousand or something like that. And it was more than doubled. And I didn't see much media coverage on that either. And I used to watch the morning NBC, CBS news shows from New York City. And uh, they're talking about what's going on around the country. But while they were talking, there was this other march going right outside their windows. There was no coverage at all about what's happening outside their windows. You know, and they're marching right past their building, the, the front door and all that. And there was no coverage of and So nobody really knew uh, unless <laughs> they took part or somehow knew about it. Yeah, so... Another thing about Alec and these laws, I think one president tried to get the CEOs and the union together to talk. Well, when the CEOs found out the union reps were going to be there at the table, they, all of them refused to come to the meeting because the union guys were going to be there. So, yeah. And another thing about the, the Alec writing laws, uh, there was a Southern... Uh, I can't remember a congressman, I believe, was being interviewed. He had passed, uh, he was pushing some legislation that, that had his name on it. So uh, 
uh, he's being interviewed, and uh, they ask him, okay, what's in, uh, in this law? He says, well, I don't know. I just put my name on it. Uh, the corporation wrote it up uh, for me and, put my, and uh, you know, I guess gave him some money and, and put his name on it. And, but he, he didn't even know what the law that had his name on it was about. He, he couldn't explain it. That is, so, that is too often how things work, Augie. But anyway, Augie, uh, anything else you have to say before I jump to Johnny? You know, just a watermelon dance. Everybody likes watermelon, especially around this time. Come on out well, to Cottonwood on uh, North Shepherd. Great. I'll see you out there, buddy. Okay? All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a great one. Johnny, come on in. Morning. <clears throat> what do Alec and No Labels have in common? You tell me. They're designed to short-circuit democracy and disempower people. And they're just as bad as Chris Christie and Donald Trump having a baby. I cannot disagree with that statement in the least. I cannot disagree. Alec, we've been fighting Alec from its inception, uh, Johnny. I, I, I worked with several organizations. Move to amend. We fought Alec. Coffee Party USA. We fought Alec. Uh, a big, uh, big, uh, be the government. We fought Alec. It is amazing uh, how the, the persistency of Alex because again, it's corporate funded and they are out there making laws. Go ahead, Johnny. That's right. Smart Alec is just that. He's a, it, it is a smart Alec. It is a private for-profit corporation confection. It's like no labels. It's not grassroots. It's uh, AstroTurf and it's anti-American. Just like our uh, electoral college system. Anything that, that gives the people voice the Republicans are dead set against. Why? Because their employees of the corporate industrial oligarchs who don't, who don't give a goddamn about you, me, or anybody else who has to work for a living. God help this country, and that's all I have to say. Okay, Johnny, let me just uh, make one slight modification to what you're saying. I really do not want... Uh, you're, you're right. Republicans as a party, I'm talking about the, the leaders of the Republican Party, are bought and are completely owned by the corporatocracy, by our, by our uh, uh, plutocracy. That is an absolute fact. But let's not discount that they also have their hands in our neoliberal, Democrat, neoliberal Democrats as well. Uh, it's only... The progressive folks that are there fighting the fight and we have to get progressives more traction because uh, the, the combination of a very small uh, Republican Party and a substantial and, and, and a considerably small uh, neoliberal portion of the Democratic Party is what does the most hurt on Americans. What we need are progressives and real Democrats doing their job, talking to the people, uh, respecting the people, leaving nobody behind, and, leave, and, and ceding nobody to a Republican Party or anything. I want folks out in rural America engaging people. I want folks in urban America engaging people. I want folks in ex-urb America engaging people. We leave Nobody behind because we need every single American. Anything else, John, before I go to the next video? 
make a, a tiny modification to your modification. Yes, sir. I would, I would tell you the same thing I tell Tom Hartman, to refrain from using words like neoliberal because it confuses people in spite of his excellent explanation. I would rather say, point out the difference between corporate Democrats or centrist Democrats like Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, the Bill and Hillary right. Clinton, Obama. That's the distinction. These people take corporate dark and pack money. That's why they don't. Johnny, your wordiology is better than mine. You're absolutely right. Uh, I should not. You're right. I mean, and I, and I have to remember that I'm learning that there, there are certain words that we use to kind of short circuit things. In other words, if I say neoliberal, it takes care of everything that you just said. But I also need to be correct and to, to, to make sure that people understand. So you're absolutely right, Johnny. Anything else? And when we use that language, we're actually doing the work of uh, Frank Lutz, the yeah. wordsmith on the right wing. We're doing his job for him. And I hate you're right. doing his job. Hey, Johnny, let me go to the video, but you're right, brother. All right. Okay. Adios. God help America. Adios. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, folks. I want you guys to listen to this one. And I'm only going to get to this, this video here because this one is a 16 minute as well. Uh, 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 15, uh, but it's an important video by uh, Analilia Mejia, who is a co-director of the Center of Popular Democracy Action. I met her at uh, Netroots. She's a listener of the show as well. I don't remember what state she's from, but check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. We're kind of a little bit late, I'm going to have to say. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm you good. are? Well, my name is Analia Mejia. Analia Mejia. Co-executive director for the Center for Popular Democracy. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. I, I, I know that you guys are doing important work. But more, most importantly, you are centralized on three issues that actually affect many BIPOCs. And these three issues are housing, mm -hmm. the environment, and I forget the third. I mean, frankly, we work on issues that impact working class, working poor people right. across this country. So housing, access to healthcare, all the building blocks that allow us to right. And Wait a minute. I need Ooh. to give, you know, here, <laughs> here we are. So we just jumped, we right, just in. jumped right in. We so let, let's go ahead right and start and again. And, by, okay. so, and we're live, by the way. Okay, okay? great. Well, so, hey, y'all. Yeah. Mad Mademoiselle Mejia. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who you represent and what you're doing. Okay. So the Center for Popular Democracy is a network of base building, power building organizations right. across the country. It's 48 organizations in 38 states in Puerto Rico and D.C., and our focus is the building blocks uh -huh. that allow communities to thrive. So you were saying affordable housing, right. access to health care, access to education. Right. Um, and more importantly, political power, governing power. I love that. What we're about yes. is... If you are expected to uh -huh. adhere to the, the rules of society, right. to the rules of our government, right. and you are not allowed to help shape them, then that's what's a bony deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And our, when we talk about governing power, right. it is more than just showing up on election day and right. being you know, sheep on GOTV, right. how some candidates like to treat our communities, right. but rather we want to show up for for the issues that matter for us on election day. And then we need those, those who we get elected to right. show up for 
us exactly every other day after you've elected them exactly right in fact no i would say we need them to show up on our issues during the campaign trail. actually you know you're right about that because too often they come they think they mm -hmm. have the vote they leave and mm -hmm. they're never back mm -hmm. or they're afraid to yeah. talk about the issues that are keeping our families exactly. up at night exactly and you know what if you're too scared to talk about racism you're too scared to talk about sexism you're too scared to talk about the systemic injustice that happens in this country that maybe you are too scared to govern and I, you shouldn't you know, get elected. And you know what? And, and that is the issue. They, they always say, let's get through this election. Yes. Wait. Yes. Wait. We're coming, yeah. to, we're coming to help you, but yes. we need to make, you know, we are always appeasing a particular mm -hmm. sect. Exactly. We're appeasing a particular sect yes. at your expense mm -hmm. for something that never ultimately comes through. Exactly. So what is your group doing to let folks know that they're already empowered to do what they need to do. So first and foremost, let me share with your audience that, you know, there are different types of organizations right. um, actually present here at, mm -hmm. at Netroots. You have organizations that are perhaps um, service organizations. Right. They provide a service to members of the community. You have other organizations that perhaps at, are advocacy organizations. Right. They advocate on behalf of a community. Right. What we do is we build power with people. I don't need to, you don't need a strong leader. You right. need the information right. to be able to engage. So first and foremost, let's, let's be clear. Right. We have a system of representative government. That means that when we turn out and participate, right. people get elected. And when we don't, they don't. Exactly right. right. First and foremost. Second, there's power beyond election day. Right. There are city council meetings, county meetings. There are people who are deciding right now right. the trillions of dollars that are getting poured across right. our country around IRA. Yes. And showing up in city council meetings, county meetings, state legislative yes. meetings. That's how we're going to be able to win those resources into our community. You have to show up. You have to show up. You got to show up. But in order to show up well, right. you need the information. Right. So our base building power building organizations across the country. This is New Georgia Project. Right. This Who got uh, the first, the first senator uh, yes. elected in, I in know, Georgia. Right. Or Lucha, who has been building the political power of communities of color in Arizona for some time and every day making greater traction. Or Detroit Action, a part of the magic that has happened in Michigan to uh -huh. flip those state legislative Completely districts. blue. Yes. So those organizations Mm -hmm. are available to us right. are a center in which we can engage and build our political power so that we have governing power in America. I, I like that. First of all, I love your energy. Oh, well, and, if you, and if you can throw that energy yeah, out yeah. there to la gente, <laughs> bueno, vamos. Si vamos a con la gente, tú sabes bueno, que va a pasar eso. Okay. Let me tell you something. So here's yeah. the deal. Uh, what about Minnesota? Were you guys participants in Minnesota as well? So we have an affiliate called yeah. Take Action Minnesota. Did, were they involved? Because Minnesota got a one vote away from uh, not ha not being a what you call the state, and they got so much lit four hundred over yeah. four hundred years of. Uh, it's it's yeah. incredible. It uh, is the power of when our communities yes are uh, honestly. Uh, 
our communities have been participating right. from the beginning, even despite all the hurdles. Right, right. But it is when we act in unison. It is when we organize that right. magical things happen. Here's the other thing I would say to your folks, why this moment mm -hmm. matters in particular. Right. When we look at the history of this nation right. and moments in which black and brown people have gained right. governing power, let's say right after the Civil War yeah. and Reconstruction, Reconstruction and when you have yeah. over 2,000 black men, once black men are given the vote, over 2,000 black men get elected into, into office. Not only uh, federal, All but the, state yes, as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. What do we get? Public education. Right. We get investments in our communities. We get um, bargaining power for for farmers or for the formerly the formerly enslaved. Yeah. And what? How is that governing power met? It is met resistance. by resistance, resistance, by a clapback that mm -hmm. takes shape in right. three key ways. Yeah. Violence. Right. Systemic disenfranchisement. Yes. Or machinations. Yeah. And a Supreme Court that, that rules against and, and, the and people. The undemocratic yes. Supreme Court. Because we know that the yes. Supreme Court is the only part of right our here. government yes. that isn't a democracy. So you know what I'm about to say, right? Let me finish it. Well, let's take a moment and consider where we're at right yeah. now. We have state-sectioned violence. Right. We have a Supreme Court that has been taken over yes, and that is actively complicit in systematically disenfranchising yes. the black, uh, black and brown people yes. and our political power. And you see it over and over and over again. It's not just Reconstruction and now. Think about what happened after the Civil Rights Movement. Mm -hmm. The same thing. When, when our communities lift up their voice, mm -hmm. act in unison, and work on behalf of our collective interests. And this isn't about black, brown, white. Well, well you know, it, what is funny is the following. Mm -hmm. when, when things go right for BIPOCs, it goes, it goes right, right for, for everybody. everybody. Because the people included yes, there are those right. poor people, poor white that's folks right. in Appalachia that's and right. all. Because nobody cares about them Say but it us, twice. Right? Say it twice. When, when we, when we right. pay attention to folks on the margin, right. we uplift all communities. And here's the thing. This, people who are on the margins yes. are also the margin of victory. A, you know, <laughs> a, a, imagine that, right? Yeah. Imagine uh, that. Who knew? So, if so we only knew that. The, the thing about it is mm -hmm. that is what has to be taught. That's because right. uh, those folks that are on the margin and... and, mm -hmm. and and I hate to say, but specifically like folks in Appalachia that continues to vote against your interests. Uh, and for, for those folks that are BIPOC as well, that allow themselves to be coerced, not into voting wrong, but simply not voting at all or not making the effort to vote. That is what has to be So part, part of what is, what, at least my perspective yeah. is that... Our communities, there's mm -hmm. so much, I mean, daily existence, right. when you are trying to keep body and soul together, right. when you are trying to uplift your, raise your family without right. a safety net, without the resources that we all right. know we need to thrive. As we said, those building blocks right. of power, then of course you don't have the space to to actually, to critically analyze the information exactly. that's coming in or... 
And, and to add to that, we have, you started to say, we need to, we need that information. We need to teach that information. It is exactly the reason why there is this wholesale rejection of critical race theory. Education. Of, you know, don't say gay. Yes. All of these things, they are, they, it is a Burning, two- Burning, books. It is a two-pronged approach. And you know, if, if you've learned false history all your life, Cristóbal Colón mm -hmm. era buena persona. Mm -hmm. Christopher mm -hmm. Columbus yes. was a yes. great guy. Yes. And, and, and AJ, a, a Christopher Columbus was a great guy. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, wait, anybody who said, well, let's, let's put it into some perspective. Mm -hmm. We're not even saying, we're not even telling the fool. Mm -hmm. To bring you down completely. Yes. Let's let's just tell the story yeah, and let's you just decide. Be honest. Let's be honest. Let's about be honest. Thomas Jefferson. Right. George Washington. Yes. Our founding fathers. Tell the story. Who were who struggled right. with the cognitive dissonance right. of pushing for freedom and owning human beings. Exactly. And they chose to strike a deal exactly to build a republic on the backs of black people I mean, that happens I mean and, and, and that somebody want, doesn't want that to be taught you know I mean learn that we had our deficiencies mm -hmm. and we lived and went past them yes. it's not all that difficult that's right and you know but the truth the problem is this the truth makes people uh, when they don't have the truth they can feel superior Yes. But if you know the truth, you realize, guess what? We're all just damn human beings. That's right. That's, That's right. all we are. That's human right. beings, flawed as we come. That, that is right. And we are, speaking of being human beings, it is it behooves human beings right. for us to figure this out in this moment. Because we are not going to have a livable planet. Exactly. We are not going to have an actual Housing. democracy. We are not going to survive what is coming right. to human beings on this planet right now because the threat of food insecurity, water insecurity, an uh, unlivable planet will result in violence. It is amazing how many fail to see it. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. It behooves us to figure it out. It is it is the most, I mean, we talk about what is the most existential or the most critical fight right. that we must engage in. And I think it is at this moment, it is educating and connecting and organizing across communities to start to, to be frank, we need to prioritize people over capital over money oh my god why, why are you gonna why are you gonna open uh, another line of discussion man, young you lady know, you know let's i do mean it. why are you gonna do why are we gonna talk about capital now you know that you must watch my program i i most certainly let me tell you something what is amazing mm -hmm. to me yeah. is that we have in this nation we have uh, we have an aversion we like to to reject the or some of us right some of the powerful like to reject the idea of collective goods thank you right and and we denounce it as socialism or we denounce it as un-american right and we say capitalism is 
you know, unhindered right. will set us free. Well, first of all, capitalism left its own devices, sold people. Yes. Let's not forget. And the bottom line is that our humanity, like, I don't eat money. Right. Right. I don't breathe money. No. My children will not You thrive. can't eat it. No, you cannot. Yeah. So if we are prioritizing, if we're allowing by our silence, by our lack, lack of activism, or by not calling the question on elected officials who are very content to prioritize their their fundraising right. to their constituents, right. then all we are doing is putting all of us in peril. History has told us that that is what will happen. This movie, we have seen this movie before. We know how it yes. ends. And it is the moment for us to act. And in the past, what got us out is organizing. And that is what is going to make right. it happen again. Ooh, I see we have uh, we, we, royalty we, in the, in the we, house. We have royalty in the house. <laughs> well, you know. Come on in. I well, think no, I'm going to No, no, no. no wait, oh, let, okay. let, let's close. We're coming right now, Maurice. Uh, let, let me tell you, first of all. Yes. It, has been my pleasure, Ms. Oh, Mejia, to speak to you. And awesome. we, we have you. to do this again yeah. because very few people understand these concepts in the aggregate. Well, they, they feel it. Well, you're about to have fire. Come I know at I'm about you, to have so, fire. They so. feel it. But you know what? You bring it. Well, I Thank appreciate you so it. Thank you so much. For having been Thank on you politics so much. Oh, right. well, I appreciate you know, the, it. The, yep, yep. That I got there. It. And you I got know, it. we, we got to talk again because that's a very important right. subject and we need Let's to it. move it forward. Okay. All right. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to the lines. Uh, by the way, all the other videos that I was to show today, go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. You'll get all the other topics that, that was supposed to be on the show, but you guys own the show. Moses, come on in. Come on in, Moses. Come on in. Morning, um, Alberto. Good morning. Buenos dias. How are you doing? Bien, gracias, hermana. Talk to me. Okay. Um, when I look at this whole mess, like every other civilization, this world and this country is in shambles and is in the throes of decline. You look from one end of the earth to the other. And what do you see? You see leaders and rulers who are not elected, who are picked by a cabal of people who have snatched power from the hands of the people. And they rule by violence. And they rule by robbery. And they rule by thievery and crime. From the United States to every corner of the world. And um, there is no place clean. When you look at what is happening in Texas, you look at that kind of feral behavior with, uh, in Texas without the... the, the the governor, as it is alleged, you know, commanding his, his henchmen to throw the children in the river, like Pharaoh. And then you look at all of the efforts being made to take away the rights of the people. 
All of the stumbling blocks that are put in the way to destroy democracy, to destroy the environment, and to destroy knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. When you look at all of these feverish efforts, you wonder how can we get out of this pit? Let me let me um, uh, add because we're going to have to shut down pretty soon. But I want to make a statement here as far as what you're saying. I understand absolutely everything that you're saying. I'd like you to remember one thing: all of this, the, the genesis of all of this, is the individualistic nature of me, me, me. That the current econ economic system that rules the world is all about. I mean, most people, uh, Moses, are good people. I repeat, most people are good people, but uh, we are always we've always allowed ourselves to be controlled by the psychopath. I do a, I, I do a program with a doctor, I don't remember his name right now, that I do several times a, a month that talks about the gangster, the spirit of the gangster. But uh, Moses, I want to jump to Brian real quickly because uh, we had a discussion to finish yesterday. Let's continue our discussion as well on Monday. Come on in, Brian, real quick, because uh, come on in. Brian, why do you wait till the end of the show to call? Uh, because I'm on my way to work. Well, I mean, you can call from work. I mean, call from the car, brother, because it gives me one minute for you to make your comment. Go ahead. Okay, what's the uh, taxation rate for corporations in Finland? I don't quite know what that is at all. Uh, right at uh, uh, personal accounts is like twenty eight percent. They have a sales tax of twenty five percent. Great, that's fine. I, I trust you. Why are you asking? What What's the point in that, sir? That's socialist country. Uh, what on your point? What is our taxation rate? If you make like a million dollars, it's 38%. No, no. It, our, our taxation rate is progressive, sir. Uh, the first X amount of yeah, dollars is not taxable. The next X. I just said a million dollars, right? But, yeah, what I, but that doesn't answer the question, sir. Saying, um, sir, saying a million dollars does not accurately say the question. Of that million dollars, the first few... Uh, thousand dollars are taxed at one rate the next set of thousands are taxed at another rate up to a million is what's taxed at 38 rate. so they, they lie to the way people they explain taxes in this they, country no, no they don't lie if you make twelve thousand dollars you don't pay zero in tax you pay zero wait in tax. if you make twelve thousand dollars you don't pay zero if you make a million dollars your first twelve thousand dollars you also don't pay any taxes no, 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 no. That is incorrect. I don't know where you got this information. Sir, that's not a – sir, it, we have a progressive tax Probably rate. That – hold on, sir, please, my friend. Hold on, sir, please. Let's get – let's get – let's always have an intelligent conversation. This is not up for debate. Go to the tax code and you can read it right there. I am not saying something that is false. Every, if you make a million dollars, your first $12,000 is tax-free, even if you make a million dollars. That's a fact, but I got to go call me early on Monday. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We 
spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.